So it's Paul back with another episode of the Speak Your Strength podcast. And honestly, if you're listening to this, I want to start by apologizing. Everything has just been a little bit overwhelming over the last couple of weeks. I've had a lot on in terms of work, in terms of lecturing. It's been really hard to kind of juggle everything. And honestly, I've just not lacked clarity, but I've just found it very overwhelming with all of the messages that I've been getting, just the amount of content that I want to create and the amount of value that I want to try and give to people through the podcast, the Facebook page, the YouTube channel, um, you know, just as much as I possibly can, everything became a little bit overwhelming. But this here is an interview of an amazing guy, an amazing guy called John. And John is from Manchester. He reached out to me again on Facebook Messenger, shared his story, and I said, I need to call you. I need to get you on the Speak Your Strength podcast. So this is an episode with John. I'm going to dive straight into it. He can explain his story. Hopefully, you might be able to relate in some way. If you can, please let even me or John know on Facebook. Once again, you can join the Speak Your Strength group on Facebook over at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Speak Your Strength. John's in there, so come say hi. And I just want to also say as well, the birds. Please be aware of the birds, but understand the birds will go. John, welcome to the Speak Your Strength podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. You're from, um, you're from Liverpool, yeah? Man- no, no? I should have known that from the accent. Uh, don't tell are you me a that. football fan? Uh, yes. Manchester United. Ah, uh-huh. see, I think we should end this. I think we should end this call. I should have ended it when you said Liverpool. Yeah, you should have. Is it a big rivalry? There's a massive rivalry there, isn't there? Our rivalry is more Manchester City, but. He is a bit of a rival. Liverpool's really. next. So I'm a Liverpool fan, so I don't know how well this is. I don't know how well this is going to go. I went uh, primary school with Neil Miller. Really? Yeah. He scored that legendary goal against Arsenal. It's Arsenal won it. Yeah, yeah. Didn't really yeah. do much after that, though, did he? Oh, yeah, apart from get injured. Yeah. Anyway, John. So, um, sort of, we've reached out. We've spoken a couple of times on message. I wanted to get you onto the show. So, um, let's start as far as you can go back in terms of your story. Um, about my mental health story, um, I'm, I'm, I'm new on my journey of recovery really, um, since being on my journey of recovery I've noticed more and more things are coming out on where my mental health and my depression sort of comes from. Basically I'm the youngest of four boys, um, quite a hardy life and a um, mum and dad didn't work. My dad was an alcoholic when we were younger. Um, so we, it was like climbing trees, playing football every day and gun, uh, playing stick guns and sort of stuff like that. So we were quite hardy as kids and um, I never really noticed much and I sort of bottled stuff up over the years. One sort of when my mum passed away, that sort of triggered a few problems and I started thinking about maybe like about my mental health. When my mum passed away, um, I sort of took it, the role upon myself as being the strong one for the family, for my brothers, for my sister. So I, I never really felt that aggrieved at the time. Um, and... I don't think I've grieved totally yet for my mum passing away, which has been five years now. A mm. um, couple of years prior to my mum passing, my stepdad passed with cancer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the space of a good couple of years, two real big 
role models in my life passed away. Never really dealt with the um, emotional side of it. I just kept putting it, brushing it to the back of my mind, and I'll be fine, I'll be fine, how are you? And sort of concentrating on other little things and other people rather than myself. Um, my mental health took a front showing, really, when I used to be a sky engineer, and can you hear them birds a bit too loud? Yeah, I can hear them, but it just adds to the episode. Yeah, just next to me. What bad are they? Yeah, I've got a, uh, let me just move them on set. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> this is the whole joys of this podcast, when there's birds singing and... But not in the studio with fancy, fancy microphones. Exactly, it's raw, it's raw. Yeah, raw. So, um, my mental health took, come sort of show more and people started noticing more. When I, in one season, I had two really bad hand injuries. And as a photographer, hand injuries... Uh, I was just going into photography, so hand injuries weren't really a, a great thing to have when you took yeah. a lot of photos. So, my role, at, I, I ended up quitting my job at Sky with, and I just stayed off on the sick with my mental health for a while. Um, a few personal reasons, personal things going on at home. Um, How did so, you feel? Did you just feel... Alone, empty. I sort of started sitting in a room on my own with the curtains closed, watching telly all day, not even getting dressed some days, just sat watching film after film and rubbish telly after rubbish telly. When people were coming in the room, I'd just ignore them or ask them to just basically get out mm. you know, in my little black hole sort of thing. Um, it took a little bit to climb my way out of it and then sort of back to how I was prior, like, oh yeah, I'm all right now. and. There's a big, real stigma about mental health in men. Um, yeah, definitely. So I, I sort of went back that way. I'm fine. I'll be all, I'm all right. Yeah. And sort of forgot about it again for a couple of years. Especially um, with like your upbringing, like you said, it was kind of like yeah, four yeah. boys. One of my brothers is um, he's on the wrong side of the law. Um, so he spends a bit of time with the Queen now and again. Um, I remember, I've only started thinking about things like this um, recently since starting CBT. I remember yeah. going to school and there being police round, parked around corners waiting for me to go to school. Then I would go and then they would go to the house where I lived with my brother. Mm. So me being a nosy little kid, I used to run back to the corner and watch and sort of kick the door in or go through the door. Mm. I never really thought about it at the time, but... Over this last couple of weeks, I've real, done some real deep thinking, and a couple of, there's a couple of quotes that come to mind which I'll mention through this podcast. Um, I spent a lot of my time in my life, especially when I played rugby. Um, it was only local, um, but we used to get match reports in the paper every week. So instead of people seeing my surname evolved around the police side, I used to take real pride on seeing my surname in the paper for John Marfley has scored X amount of tries or done this or yeah. done that. I took real pride in that. Um, and I was mentioning to my CBT counsellor today that um, with my depression sometimes, what I sort of... I, I take things to heart too much because... I, I've tried to keep it, I've set myself such high standards over the time 
to try and bring myself up and show myself in good light and my family in good light. I take things to heart personally. Um, so sometimes with the photography now, I take I criticise myself far too much than I should. Mm. I get paid by a professional sports club to take photos for them. I must be doing something right. Yeah, it's always criticising yourself. Yeah, of course it is. And and a lot of people in different jobs they'll criticise themselves. Um, CBT's really helped with that and with the positive thinking and the mindset and stuff. Um, was that something that you was told growing up that like you wasn't good enough? Not that I can remember, not that I can, like, can remember, but I also, one of my best friends, um, he used to take me to school every day. I, um, I used to, I used to like, go to his house all the time, and if they had the computer games, the United Tops, we never had United Tops when we were kids, or football shirts, or top of the range computer games. So I take quite proud, I'm quite proud as well in everything I've got, and everything I've ever had, holidays, cars, I've worked and paid for myself. Mm. So going back to, so, um, you know, kind of going back to that time, you mentioned that you felt alone. Yes. Um, was that just, and you said as well, being a man, your upbringing, you didn't really know how to deal with it. So what did you end up doing to kind of deal with it? Holding it in, bottling it up. Not talking. So that was your way of actually dealing with that loneliness, yeah. that sadness, just not yeah, dealing with it. Yeah, front as well, don't you? You put on a, a different persona of yourself. I can relate to that massively, yeah. Um, like, I grew up on a council estate. Um, I, I wouldn't change where I grew up or how I grew up because the people were amazing when we grew up. Um, but when... So my brother was in, was in certain social circles and... It goes back to like people in gangs now. They're not gonna. Someone in a gang now is not gonna talk about mental health. Not saying mm. my brother was in a gang because he wasn't, but just a certain sort of people you hang around with. And with lads, um, a lot of it can be seen as banter, but it's like it's kids these days when like, oh, you're puff and you're gay, and because you do something that they don't like, a lot of kids might take that to heart. Yeah. A lot might. But there's a real stigma around mental health. Back then, there was. It, it was never really spoke about. And yeah. It's quite strange how only over the last year or something, maybe not even that, mental health really took a big front step. And a lot of people like yourself are doing podcast talks about it. Um, two years ago, how many people would have known yeah, about mine? Sure. Yeah. Not a lot, if any. Yeah, I was saying really. this to someone yesterday, actually. I remember... Um, after my dad died, this was nine years ago, I went to the cinema and I was having a slash and you know the adverts in the cinema, yeah, yeah, in the yeah. toilet, and there was an advert for mine. This was sort of six years ago, seven years ago, and it really grabbed my attention because one, yeah. of my dad, but two, I'd never ever seen anything like that. I'd never no, ever seen adverts post. about mental health, do you know what I mean? Well, that poster would have been there for ten years prior. But, but you don't exactly. say no. It's not a football team. It's not about. It's not a pub. You can't relate to it. Yeah, for sure. No one relates to. So when you see these sort of things and you don't relate to it and stuff, it's you don't take interest and you don't take notice of it. So what happened when the distractions wasn't enough? What was the next sort of step in your journey? Um, 
after when I the very first doctor I went and spoke to about my mental health, I broke down and cried. Um, I don't normally cry. Was that something that you felt like you'd held in for so long? Yes, and it was like it was almost it was like like your fuel tank emptying so your gauge was going down and mm. down. It felt so good just to release and let go and. I always say it like this, right? You can probably relate to this. I always say the manliest of explaining it is saying that, you know when you're on a coach and you're drinking beer and you desperately need to go to the toilet yeah, and then you get to the moment in a bush somewhere or like a motorway in the toilet and you do it, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. like the worst way of explaining it. But as you said, that you oh, kind of release that whole, there's a huge well, weight off your shoulders, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's a weird way to to explain it, but it's the way that every male can relate. So I remember playing playing rugby in the Lake District, and when we were coming back, I used to remember this certain church. So when we got to this certain church, we had half an hour left. Yeah, I knew that in half an hour I can have decent slash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was always the time I could let go. So did you say it was a, to a doctor? Was this to your normal GP that you normally go and see for? No, it wasn't me normal. It was a locum. Um, I, I'd, I'd been to a few and spoke a little bit about a few, but it's the same with, with doctors. I try and see the same doctor now because he knows the story. Because there's mm. nothing worse than going to see someone new when you've got to start the whole story yeah. again. So I try now and go see the same doctor. So when I, when I, when I first sort of like went to, to stuff the doctor I seen it turned out he was only a locum so he's only there for a while he he made a, a reference to mental health and he said he doesn't class it as mental health because why it's a chemical imbalance within your brain so depression is a chemical imbalance within my brain but if I've got asthma that's a chemical imbalance in my lung so why would why would depression be classed as a mental health and then asthma not be classed as any? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he pointed me in the direction of a YouTube video by um, oh, I can't remember what it is, but it's about your black dog. Yeah, okay. And I, in that first week, I must have watched that about ten, twelve times. Did that help you see in that video? Yes, because there's so there so many little things that I thought that's me, that's me, that's me. Some of it didn't relate to me because mental health is such a, 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 a wide spectrum of effects and how it affects people and how you deal with things. But a lot of it, I was like, wow, that's me, that's me, that's me. Um, at first, it was. It took me a while to steadily take my antidepressants. You start taking them and then you're like, oh, I'm all right. And then you forget. And then, so, and then when they ran out, I left it for a bit. But after a couple of months, I, it got to a stage where it was like, now I've got to, not only for me, for my kids, my family, my wife, um, my mental health needs to be right. So, so with that, just quickly, with the, the person that you cried to, did did he was it a man or a, a woman? Yeah, did he did he do anything to make that emotions come out? No, no, he didn't. 
he was just like every normal doctor does when you go in the room you sit down and they're like are you okay how, or how can I help or what can we do basically and it was just like boom then do you say that he was he helped you yes massively and I think that's the key thing, isn't it? It's you're always trying to find that one person that you are willing and open to, you know, open up to completely. Yeah. Like I, I, especially I can relate as a, after my dad, I went to the doctors. I was still very close off with him. I went to see a counselor at the doctors, was close off with her. A uh, private counselor was very close off with her. And then the one person who I then sort of went and saw a couple of times, boom, like floodgates opened. And she was the person that I kind of, could open up to and I feel like a lot of men in particular would try it maybe not see a, a benefit of it and then not and then not do it again they would give yeah, up definitely I think I think with with your counsellors or CBT uh, your practitioners stuff, I think you, you've definitely got to feel comfortable with it I um, I did a, a feedback for my local mental health and practitioners and how I related to them how go into them felt it, you, the only way I can describe it like with the a mangrove bird slash after quite a few beers is your first day at secondary school it's the unknown you, the nervousness um, a lot of your friends are probably not at the same school because they all go different schools yeah. are you going to be the class clown still are you going to be the popular one anymore are you it's almost be the, not understanding where it's going to go yeah. from that point are you going to get on with your teacher? Are you going to get a battle axe? Are you going to get a, a, a nice teacher? It's, that's the only way I could relate to the people who were working within our local service. And they found it really welcoming and really informative and how, and they sort of got a little bit of an insight how people with mental health feels when they go to. Because mm. they're telling me some figures and the amount of people that drop off from yeah. self-referral to the first appointment, it's, it's scary. Mm. How, how low did you go? Like, how low uh, did you feel? I thought about suicide a couple of times. thought about suicide. Never really spoke to anyone about that at the time. Um, yet again, kept it to myself and stuff. Um, Do you remember kind of what you was thinking back then? Was it just ending the pain was it just that you was letting everyone down what was do you remember it, it was more letting everyone down it was more the feeling of letting people down um, and over years of people who you feel you don't let down do change now I've got four children now I've got a boy who's nine a boy who's five and twin girls who are three um, and my wife obviously that keeps so, you busy then yeah just a little bit <laughs> a little bit so, um, and was that? Do you think? Do you think that that kind of held, made you hold on, having those yeah. in your life? My family, my my children and my wife definitely made me hold on. Yeah. But you felt like you was letting them down from feeling the way that you was feeling. Yes, especially with children, because I'm here to emulate how my children should grow and become. Um, and your birds as well. Course, don't forget. Yeah, but don't forget well, like, cats and dogs as well, but <laughs> that's just to go into right now. Um, Are you quite open with your um, kids? Uh, yeah, they know I take tablets, and they, they're my happy pills. So, um, yeah. And, you, know and, you, and you, you try and get them to talk to you as well? Yeah, my, my, eld, my eldest who's nine, he, he gets it a lot more. My youngest boy he's got uh, Asperger's he's just not long been diagnosed mm. so 
he struggles to understand certain things. He knows I take tablets and he knows they're my happy pills. My twin girls, they're too young to understand. understand. Yeah. yeah. But you just you just being that, that dad now that's come through that low point and now doing yeah. what you're doing, sharing your story, you know, that's so inspirational for them and they're just gonna bounce off you and they're gonna be more open to share and as you say, hopefully they'll be open to share if they ever feel to that point that you're at. Yeah. Yes. So you're, yeah, you're definitely doing a good job. Yeah, I'm doing my best. How do you find being a dad is on your mental health? Hard. Hard. Is this something um, I want to do a video around, like being a parent and having mental health struggles? Yeah. Parenting is hard enough as it is. It's it's really it's not it's the hardest job in the world. Mm. But the most um, rewarding, right? It is, yeah, definitely the most rewarding. One of mine just sneaked in now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a book, so that's a good thing. This is how I um, love. This is the the podcast. What it's all about. Just back out now. People sneaking in, sneaking out, birds singing. Yeah. So um, yeah, they, they definitely keep me busy and keep me going. And parenting is the hardest job in the world. But parenting with mental health, I'm not going to say it's any harder because I don't want to take anything from parenting people with not mental health. But mm. every uh, it, different challenges. How much do you, how much time do you spend on yourself? Like, do you look after your? No. Mm, yes, yeah, again, is that no. just because of the? Because of uh, my mental health and depression, a little bit of anxiety. Um, I, my kids are my safety blanket, and in some ways, it's it's gone against me that. Now, one of the quotes I was talking about earlier, I watched a um, a program with Danny Cipriani. Mm. Used to play for Southshire. Yeah. Used to go out yeah. Kelly Brook as well, right? Yes. Um, but over the years of being sale, I've, we've, I've become friends with him, and I speak to him now and again. So long. I watch his program on BT Sport with him, and he, he, he brushes over mental health and his mental health in the past, etc., and his mindset. And the own out the whole program, the only sentence that stuck out to me was like, "What is your self worth?" or "Finding your self worth," and it really made me think. Now, I used to play rugby. I used to train twice a week. I used to play every weekend. Things change when you have kids. Mm. Struggle to get a babysitter for one. Um, So I wouldn't change having children for the world, but I think for me to help myself with my mental health, I need to find my self-worth again. Definitely. Because I stopped being me to become a dad and husband. Now, being a dad and husband is great, but I need to be them three people. I, I can need relate. to be well. I can relate, and I always say that you are always number one. You yeah. know, and, and a lot of people, especially parents, feel like that's being selfish if you're putting yourself before your kids. But the way that you act, behave, and live your life is a complete role, like you're the role model to your children. Yeah, yeah. So even though you might put yourself first in some situations to better yourself, your kids are gonna feed off that, and it's gonna make yeah. you a better parent. That's oh, the way yeah. I see it, everyone sees it differently. It, when I was at my worst and was sat with the blinds closed watching telly, they knew that I weren't right. Mm. They, know, they know before, they'll probably know before the wife knows or mm. friends know because they, they know you so well and p- kids pick up a hell of a lot more than you give them credit so for. So hell true. of a lot more than you give them credit for. So my, my youngest lad, he, he, I've got a real close bond with him um, with his Asperger's and stuff. But... 
he he knows me probably better than himself. My eldest lad knows me as well, and he knows when I'm sort of feeling a bit thingy as well. But they they can they can tell. It can tell. So what's working for you now? Like what's kind of keeping you sort of at uh, level stage and spiraling up as well? Speaking out, speaking out has played a real real. Um, impact on my journey. On does that give you meaning? You know, like sharing your story as yeah. you're doing now. Does it make you feel like you're giving back in some way? Yeah, of course it does. Each, like, I, I give the mental health talk to the practitioners, and if one of them takes a little bit of feedback from what I said and give it to somebody else, I'm happy. With my job done. Yeah. Even though it's not my job, it, I wanna. Like you said in one, I think you said in one of your videos, it's a bit of free counselling for you doing these blogs yeah 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 it does I've started doing little ones and I sent you one today <laughs> I was holding my phone the wrong way it's like you come in it's, it's great it's great it is and it's it's quite uplifting to talk about it and I saw a little sense of pride when people say well done for speaking out and I've had a couple of people approach I, I had one blog I did the um, the sell sharks I've took part in a speak out program that they've got going called mm. Balls That, which is about mental health in men. So one of the video, I had a piece of tape on my mouth and it said depression on it. So basically I, I took it off and I said, speak out. Um, was that you on, on your own back or was that what they were doing, South Shark? It, it was what they were doing. I wasn't meant to be in the video. Oh, I okay. said, you think I've got mental health. I said, I want to be part of that video because it means so much to me. And they were happy with that. So a couple of the players did videos as well, and that, that was put out. Um, but at the end, I said, I want to do one. I did one, and the quote I said was, um, 84 men take their own lives each week. So when ITV put the figures on top of the, the building. Um, so that was my quote. And since then, um, I got 7,000 views on that, on social media, and I was like, wow, I didn't really expect that many. I was expecting like a couple of hundred. You know, like when you pictures up and videos of when you're on holiday, so yeah, yeah, like two using like two hundred views. Was that just on your, was that just on your profile? Or was that on YouTube? Or? It was on my personal profile, and then people shared it. Cool. I'll have to try and dig that out. Yeah, and um, I went to my local Greg's to buy a sausage roll one day for some dinner. <laughs> staring at me, and I'm like, oh, I don't know him. And he's gone, you did that video, didn't you? And I've gone, yeah, yeah. He went, you know what? My mate's got mental health. It's really good what you've just done. And it was, it was just sort of a sense of pride sort of thing. And I said, and well, honestly, that, 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 that kind of represents everything that I always say. Is like, as soon as one person says it, everyone has a story to tell. It's like we're all very closed off until someone says it. Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Like, that guy would never have approached you in Greg's. No. He would have got his Bel no. Belgian bar and um, his ice ring and gone. Yeah, yeah, and gone. And never spoke to me before. But I walked past him before I went in. And he he come in to buy something as well. And he was like, and you, you did that video, didn't you? I was like, yeah, yeah. Did you feel like a celebrity? No, no. Far from, <laughs> far from and I think it's great, like, I think you mentioned, a, a friend of mine who's a DJ, he does podcasts about DJing and sort of stuff like that. And he's just recently done a podcast about mental health within the DJ world. Mm, good idea. G and sort of that sort of stuff. Now, I know he was struggling for a, a good while. Um, decided to talk about it. Mm, cool. So talking, um, you say photography, does that help you still? Yes. Yes. 
it's not only my job, it's I love doing it. Um and I take pride in it. And so, if, anything but, else is kind of helping you as well? Uh, just family. Just family, support of family and understanding and sort of stuff like that. Uh, the CBT, have, I've just gone up to step three, so that was my first one today. I've got another one next week. So hopefully, step two was good. I mean, I got a lot out of that, but I felt that I need more to mm. be able to progress forward myself. Yeah. So what kind of advice... If someone's listened to this and they're in that situation that you was in, sort of feeling alone, feeling like they can't talk because they're now, or feeling like people are going to judge them for talking, what would you say to them? Talk to someone you don't know. Go and see your doctor. It's confident, 100% confidential. Go and see your doctor. Speak to someone, loved one, partners, family. You can speak to them. You'll be surprised. I when I first started taking tablets, I left them on my kitchen side one day, and we had a couple of people around, and they were walking past, and I was like, oh, shit, "I've left my tablets out. Oh, they're gonna see them." And someone went, "I'm on them." And did and did you did you start sharing stories then or not? Was it just yeah, like yeah, yeah, definitely. And you'll be surprised how many people have seen you. How did that make you just quickly, how, how did that make you feel knowing that someone was taking exactly? So your initial thought was, "Oh shit, people are going to judge me," and then someone said, "I take them," and then you start talking about it. How did that make you feel? Just relief, and it was nice to talk about it with someone. It, it, it's still nice now to talk to people about mental health, and especially people with mental health. Um, it's really good to talk to them. It helped me, and no doubt it'll probably help them. And the same with you and everyone else listening to this. Um, if someone does judge you with mental health, are they friends? Are they, are they true friends? Mm. Are they true friends, really? Um, and they support you, they judge you, they judge you. Um, I always say someone who can judge you over mental health probably yeah. has more issues than you have. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I see it. We're all fighting a battle every day, and it's, worth, it's, it's a battle that nobody else will ever know, because everyone's battle's different. My battle's different to yours, and that, a difference of an ex person, but and we all deal with it separate ways in different ways. Mm. But I think it's so important to speak out about mental health. Amazing. So important. Thanks, John, for coming on. I'm going to try and dig those videos out and include them in the video somewhere or in the podcast I'll show notes. I'll send you a copy of it if you want. Yeah, brilliant. But thanks again for coming and speaking your strength. I've it's no. been amazing. To, we've been messaging a couple of times, and so it's yeah, been good yeah. to talk. Finally, and get I'm, it done. No event in London as well. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, book that up and it'll be, like I say, good to finally meet you in person yeah. as well. But thanks very much, John, I appreciate it. Put your clothing range as well. Yeah, 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 I'll get you a shirt out. Definitely. Definitely. Cool, speak soon. So a huge thank you to John for coming on the show and being so open and honest, speaking his strength. That's what it's all about, especially hearing stories like that. Someone who's had that upbringing, someone who's typically would be stereotyped as a tough masculine male actually sharing that times were hard and that it's okay to talk. And that's kind of always been the mission that I've been on ever since I've started to share. If you did enjoy this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. I want to apologize for the bad quality of this episode. The birds were uncontrollable until John removed them. But also as well, just, you know, these are Skype calls that I've been recording with amazing people. The overall aim as time goes on, is to make these calls a lot better quality, maybe sitting next to each other in the same room and videoing that as well, rather than, like I say, just a Skype call with ripping the audio from it. But again, take nothing away from the amazing strength that these people are showing by sharing their stories. And hopefully 
you've been enjoying the episodes. Catch you all soon.